and welcome to Soaring to New Heights. This is your one-stop shop for all things women's footy in the brown and gold. You are listening to The Bench. This is our round six recap of the Hawthorne AFLW game against the St Kilda Saints that was played at Moorabbin Oval over the weekend. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Liam. How are you this evening? I'm going well, Tim. It's a bit later in the week than usual for The Bench, but any opportunity to record with you, we take. So let's get this party started. Absolutely. Now we got some great news, Liam, and it's probably a great thing that we've recorded a bit later on in the week because Carol Charlotte Baskerin has received a rising star nomination, which now takes us to two rising star nominations so far this season. Obviously we had Jasmine Fleming, our vice captain receiving one earlier in the season and Carol received hers for her 14 disposal game on the weekend. Yeah, richly deserved. Uh, Lucy Wales and Laura Elliott are probably, if the AF, if the selectors are watching, will probably be nominated before the end of the year. However, that depends on if the selectors are watching. But yeah, a richly, richly deserved and frankly overdue nomination for Charlotte Baskarin, who, as we all know, should have received one in round 10 last year as well, but for reasons which have yet to be adequately explained to me, did not. That's correct. And we've also found out the remaining fixture so round 10 was a floating fixture with no permanent spot in terms of time and it is now going to be 5.05 p.m on saturday the 4th of october and it's going to be played at skilled stadium the old kidinia park in geelong uh yeah correction i made a typo noting the rundown it's actually the 4th of november the 4th of october has already happened that is correct sorry so the 4th of not should have picked up no nah. should have picked up on that 4th of november so there we go so our final game will be played down at the Cattery in uh, the first in terms of our rivalry against the Geelong AFLW team. Now, before we get started on this episode of the Bench Slam, we should probably take a bit of a dive into our game. And if we talk about the St Kilda and Hawthorne game from over the weekend, it was St Kilda 7 goals 3, 45, defeating the Hawthorne AFLW team 5 goals 6, 36. And in terms of our major disposal getters, Emily Bates, vice captain with 31, our fearless skipper Tilly Lucas Rod, 26. Then we had Christy Stratton with 18 and Charlotte Pascarin with 14. Yeah, Carol's third quarter, by the way was special. <laughs> Definitely was, and I'm sure it's going to get a mention during this episode. So, Liam, we're going to start off with point number one here on the bench. Uh, yep, and it's adjustments that worked. So, Timmy, you and I have at times been critical of some of the selections or adjustments that we've made, especially in-game. But um, we need to praise them when they work as well. Yeah, Beck in the last quarter swung the magnets around. You know, it was kind of like she just dropped the whiteboard and picked the magnets up, put them anywhere it seemed. But they worked for the most part. Yeah, Christy Stratton went forward. She recorded eight disposals and two tackles, playing primarily as a forward, and a lovely goal in a superb individual quarter. Uh, Laura Elliott got up onto the wing, played as a defensive winger, who also really drove us forward. And what that gave us, though, was Caitlin Ashmore going into defense, you know, direct swap there. And she gave us a really calm head. Obviously, we've got a very inexperienced backline. So her being down there late in the game, her and Aileen Gilroy are just providing so much run and drive off halfback with the slightly more experienced heads. You know, she had, Gilroy had 11 disposals for the game. She had six of them in that last quarter, driving us off halfback with two inside 50s off halfback in the last quarter as well. What that meant, though, was Tamara Smith went forward. And even though her stat sheet was only one tackle, you watching on TV and me at the ground, could, I'm sure, could both see 
she was applying a lot of pressure in that forward line and saying the Saints weren't able to get quality disposal out of their 50 as a result. And that's the kind of pressure that led to us, you know, making it an interesting game late. Unfortunately, we left ourselves a bit too much work to do. Yeah. And as Steve said on social media, we switched to a more aggressive game style and really showed what we can do when this group is in full flight. Now, that full flight is probably not sustainable right now for such a young group over four quarters. But, you know, we really showed it. And whether we keep these changes or not, I would say probably no. I think the game style, as Steve also pointed out, played a big role in that. But I don't think these are changes you'd keep necessarily going into a game because it's a lot of experimentation. But it's nice to have the ability to adjust and full credit to Beck. Outstanding job to get us back into the game in the last. Unfortunately, we just left ourselves a little too much work to do. Absolutely. And versatility is one of those important things. We know in a side that's going to be pressing to finals, you want to have players who are flexible and versatile and being able to play many different roles. So it was great to see the likes of Laura Elliott pushing up onto the wing. It was great being able to deploy Aileen Gilroy back in defense. And who would have thought putting Tam Smith in a role where she's able to pressure and terrorize defenders, which she did to aplomb last season, would be beneficial. So thankfully, we got to see Smithy doing that on the weekend. And I think it was also interesting that when we took that game on in the last quarter, it looked for all purposes that the game was well and truly over. And we had the wind at our back and we we just, we literally just took the game on and it was so good to watch. It reminded me of the game against the Western Bulldogs. We had that sort of carefree attack and we wanted uh, to be able to get that quick ball movement going forward and you know, as Steve pointed out, it's probably not something that we're able to sustain currently at the moment. And obviously, this is only our second season of AFLW. But if that's a particular type of game style that we can hone, then I reckon that's going to be something that's going to put us in good stead going forward. Takeaway two, Liam. And this is a person who I think in that last quarter was really helping that drive. And I certainly felt that in the last quarter, in the forward line was one who was putting a hand up to be counted. It was Christy Stratton. It's the second time that Strats has got a mention so far on the bench this season. And for a player that you and I were discussing during the off-season or the, the pre-season as to whether or not she would be in our best 21, it's clear to say she is definitely in our best 21. She was one of our more attacking and damaging forwards on the weekend. Finished the game with 18 disposals, one goal. She had the five marks, six tackles, three clearances. She was absolutely tremendous in that last quarter. The way she was taking the game on, trying to get the ball going forward into our forward line, trying to use the, the win to our advantage. I just love the way that Strats goes about it. I love the aggressive nature she has. I love the way that she puts her head over the ball. I love the way that when a scrap is needed, she's in there. And they always talk about it's not the size of the dog in the fight, the size of the fight in the dog. Strats isn't the biggest player in any measurement whatsoever but her heart my goodness gracious me so on the weekend I thought that last quarter and as we spoke about there was those adjustments that worked Christy Stratton was one of those driving forces for us yeah 100% and Steve who's been a prolific commenter for us this week um, said we need three of her and is our barometer I hope one of those three is not in the ruck but um she'd still find a way to fight and scrap but I thought she was excellent. In the last quarter, as you were saying, though, you know, as we talked about earlier, eight disposals, two marks, a goal, two inside 50s, just a superb, superb display. Correction, three inside 50s. Um, it was just an incredible quarter of football. And the effort and pressure she applies, as you said, 
just incredible. And you're right, though. We, I don't think our issue with whether she'd play or not was on talent. It was on fit. And in the end, she's just forced her way in and says, fit be damned, you're picking me every week. Oh, absolutely. And had the five intercept possessions as well. And uh, out of her out of her disposals, we uh, she had eight contested possessions. So when we're talking about that determination and the way that she goes about it, I just think Strats has done a tremendous job. And on the weekend in that last quarter, was one of those players who was putting a hand up and trying to drag the team across the line when... As we said, for all intensive purposes, at three-quarter time, it looked like the game was well and truly over. Yeah, absolutely. Point number three, Liam, and this is our fan-voted point, which comes from the social media channels. Uh, yeah, so Braden, a very long-time loyal listener, has talked about the talent in our midfield. It's there, and it's there in a big way. Um, you know, Wales and Baskaran were excellent. We know how good Jazz Fleming, TLR, and Emily Bates, who I don't think is actually on the run sheet tonight, should probably just get a quick mention because she was pretty good. Um, you know, 30, 31 <laughs> touches. Yeah, just pretty good. Yeah, ridiculous game. 10 coaches, right? Sarah Black's team of the week. Um, she's not on the run sheet for tonight because, I mean, we could put her on every week, but she's just ridiculous. Uh, we won the clearances by three with center clearances being even, plus 11 contested possessions, plus 23 uncontested possessions. You know, as Braden was alluding to, you know, you add in Tam Smith, Christy Stratton and Bridge Deed to that list we just read out. The talent levels are pretty ridiculous. And, I mean, I'll let you comment a bit more, but there's a pretty good mix there as well in terms of differing skill sets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got Bates, Wales and, and Tilly on the weekend were sublime. And you throw in yeah. Carroll's third quarter and you think Carroll's been playing mostly as that outside player using that run and dash playing it almost like a uh, Connor McDonald in the men's, using the outside run off a half-forward flank so far this season. Jazz looked absolutely like she was going to break the game open every single chance she got. And I am absolutely loving watching Jasmine Fleming putting the pill under her arm and taking off and just taking the game on because she has an incredible set of wheels. And we know that now that we've got the likes of Bates and, and Tilly taking a lot of the opposition attention, it gives... Uh, Flemo more time to be able to use her disposal a lot better. And I, I think she's doing absolutely amazing. And then, you know, the oldest of those players we spoke about turns 28 a week from Wednesday. So we're talking about a, a, a nucleus here, Liam, that if we keep together for the next three, four, five seasons, the more time they have to grow together, the better they're going to be. And once again, this is their fifth fifth game. Their fifth yeah. game as a, a playing cohort off one preseason. So imagine what they're going to be like when you get the combinations right between Bates and Tilly and Jazz and Carroll, throwing Bridge Deed into the mix, adding Smithy, adding Strats, having Aileen Gilroy coming through the middle as well at times, Lou Stevenson. It's all about getting that balance right. And I think another preseason under their belts working together is not going to be detrimental in any way, shape, or form. No. Add in a, a trade and draft, potentially with some extra draft concessions, which may be available to us. And, yeah, that midfield's going to be pretty special. Uh, I feel I felt it was a game of nearly moments, a lot for Jazz. On the weekend, like, a lot of things almost came off for her. But, once again, just a bit more time, that midfield starts clicking. It's got the ability to be really special. Absolutely, and something for us to continue to look forward to each and every week. 
especially as the season continues to build. Point number four, Liam, this is your second point. Yep. We talk about Emily Bates a lot. We know how good she is, and she rightly gets a lot of plaudits. However, we need to talk about Tilly Lucas-Rod, our captain. I had personally, I had some concerns about the fit with Bates and Lucas-Rod. I could see where it would work, and it's worked perfectly. We need to talk more about Tilly and the performances that they've been giving us this season. They recorded 26 disposals, of which 15 were kicks. They went above 50%, which doesn't sound huge, but when you look at Tilly's disposal efficiency last year compared to this year, it's significant improvement, especially on their kicking. Yeah, A game-high 14 uncontested possessions also recorded 13 contested, so they got to the outside a bit more, and they used it really well. I remember one kick, I think it was in the second quarter, they went out to the half-forward flank. That has completely opened the game, bursting out of the middle, getting into onto the outside, and with one kick out to the flank, completely opened up the game for us. You know, nine tackles, five clearances, an equal team-high number of score involvements. I think it was four from memory. Three behinds, 255 metres gained. They've been solid to excellent all season, but here they stepped it up. They got it in the middle, and they worked to spread to the outside. They created the second option. And Tilly's kicking and ball use has improved heaps. Like we in the season guide identified it as probably the biggest area for them to improve. And it's well on the way. You know, playing against their former side, they were incredible. We know how good Bates was, both in general and on Saturday. But the captain deserves some extra plaudits because they led the way in a big way. Oh, absolutely. I think Tilly's had a very underrated season so far when we look at it. Last season, Tilly was the main focus in terms of our midfield, the only experienced player we had in there. And obviously we had the likes of Jasmine Fleming and Charlotte Baskerin and Bridget Deed and these younger players coming through under Tilly's guidance. And I just think Tilly has done an absolutely tremendous job. And by having Emily Bates come into the team, it's enabled Tilly to be able to continue to, to go about getting the inside ball and making sure that ball is then out to the likes of, of our runners who, uh, who are able to use their dash and their pace. Coming up against former side in St Kilda, once again, Tilly was happy to put the team on their back and say, come with come with me. We're, we're going to try and get the win against the St Kilda team who'd been in some, some pretty good form as of late. And I think that the way that Tilly has gone about this season Second season in terms of being a captain. Second season in terms of our club. Doing an absolutely tremendous job. I heard Tilly speak uh, at the Peter Crimmins medal on Saturday night. And the way that Tilly speaks about the club and the way that Tilly speaks with such passion about the direction that the club is going in and and the journey that the club is on, definitely we have the right person as our, our skipper. Yeah, 100%. Point number five, Liam, and my last point, and I want to talk about courage. Now, when I talk about courage, if you're a player who earlier in the season has been dropped or been omitted from the team, you go back, you play the scratch match on the weekend where there's yourself and maybe four or five other players from your team with a bunch of players from different teams playing a little scrimmage match where it's really difficult to get combinations. You think it's probably going to dent your confidence in some way, shape, or form. Now, you know that the season that you've had so far probably hasn't lived up to the expectations and the heights of what last season did. 
anyway, you come back into a team where the forward line hasn't exactly been firing. And in the first quarter against the Breeze, a ball is kicked in your direction with an opposition player running full steam ahead of you. And you have one of two options. You shirk the contest and you allow the opposition player to get the ball or you run against the flight of the ball and take a courageous mark and get us on the scoreboard for our first goal. And I wanted to mention Talia Fellows because Big Boy's effort on the weekend where running with the flight of the ball into oncoming traffic and took an absolutely magnificent mark. Not only was it a great mark, not only did Big Boy go back and slot the goal, but the courage. Because as I said, Liam, I'm sure being admitted dents your confidence. It has to. Absolutely has to. But comes back in, knew it was her time, knew it was her moment, and did the team thing. And by doing the team thing, oh, I just absolutely loved what she did. She only ended the uh, the game with eight disposals, but had one goal, one behind, three marks and six tackles. And I just wanted to give Talia Fellows a mention because I think that that effort in that first quarter where we were kicking against the breeze would have been easy to put a, put a hand up and say, no, nah, not my time, not my moment. I'm not going to do it. But she didn't. And that's the difference between a team that's buying in in terms of culture and buying in in terms of one for all, which is what we have in our theme song, and a team that is a bunch of individuals. And I think Talia's effort on the weekend spoke volumes about herself, her passion for the club, and also the direction in which the club's going. 100%. I got nothing, almost nothing to add. That mark was near where I was sitting at the game. And that was incredible. Like the, the way she went back, and the, the Talia Fellows move, run, runs back with the flight of the ball at pace as well. We know how rapid Talia Fellows is. I'm not going to go into the physics of momentum and how much that would hurt if she copped one. But that wouldn't have been pleasant if she got one. But she just went back full steam ahead. And the courage there was incredible. And I'm not sure if it's still open, but if you haven't already, go and vote for Talia Fellows for Mark of the Round as well, because... That was one of the most incredible marks I've seen in the, what, now 16 games of Hawthorne AFLW. That's right up there with the best we've taken. The courage and the skill to pull that off, by the way, as well, going back with the flight. It's a pretty impressive mark just in terms of skill, let alone courage. Oh, absolutely. So there you go. If you're listening to this now and you listen to our end of, end of season awards night, might be a little... Uh... A little precursor as to who might take out the courageous and also the best mark of the season. Let's see. Plenty of deliberation <laughs> and four games to go. Oh, absolutely. Not saying that won't be the case, Liam. I'm just saying the uh, the effort from Big Boy on the weekend was absolutely phenomenal and definitely deserved to get a mention. We now move on to the quick thoughts, which are your thoughts from our social media channel. Yeah, so Braden, the Vice President of the Lucy Wales Appreciation Society, uh, said it's arguably her best ever game. Uh, personally, I think rounds five and seven last year want a bit of a discussion on that topic, but she was absolutely excellent. Yeah, definitely. Pendles had a, a tremendous game. We were too defensive for three quarters. Looked amazing once given that license to attack in the last, and that was from Steve. Yeah, couldn't agree more with you there, Steve. I think in, in quarters one and three, probably needed to play a bit defensive when we were kicking into the breeze. And it was quite a hefty breeze at that. 
But definitely that second quarter, we should have been able to take the game on a bit more and we were probably a bit more subdued than we needed to be. And uh, as we mentioned earlier in that last quarter, we threw caution to the wind and almost were able to pull off a victory. Yeah, we just left ourselves a bit too much work to do. Uh, Mick, we overused it in the first half and with some quick movement in the fourth, we gave our forwards a chance. Yep, I think we've discussed around that a bit, but that just sums it up perfectly in a sentence. Oh, definitely. I think in the uncontested possessions that we had, compared to St Kilda, it was something ridiculous. I think it was... uh... We ended up having 23 more uncontested possessions. And there were times where we literally just kept overusing, 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 instead of getting that quick ball into the forwards and giving them a chance. An exciting comeback in the fourth. Can't get better than 50-50, so let's take the positives we can. And that's from Duck Soup. Uh, Yep, you and Duck Soup would get on very well, I think, finding the positives in every situation possible. (laughs) Um, Steve reckons Anya already has the mark and goal of the year wrapped up. I think probably disagree on mark of the year and goal of the year. We might need to go back and rewatch all the goals. Um, what a horrible experience that's going to be. <laughs> Fleming with one hand on the best and fairest and rising star nomination. Uh, sorry, rising star coming from Steve. And we know with Fleming being given that rising star nomination, it certainly puts you in the box seat, but we've also got Carol, who's now chomping at the bit and uh, right on her heels in terms of being able to put pressure on in terms of winning a rising star for Hawthorne. Yeah, and then there's also, if you look at the whole competition, there's Ali Morford as well as probably going to be All-Australian Ruck, who we take on this week, by the way, and let's see what Lucy Wales can do with Ali Morford this time. We know what she did to her last time. Uh, dominated. And um, in terms of the best and fairest, I think, Emily Bates, Tilly Lucas Rod, they may want some conversation, but it, I reckon it's going to be a fascinating BNF count this year. Um, I'm going to group the next few on our list together because they all relate to inaccuracy early. Uh, missed chances hurt us early. Anthony, wasteful early in the Saints set up well. Steve, yes, they did set up very well. We'll come to that again in a sec. And competed well, but just need a score more. Sugormore from Phineas. If I pronounce it wrong, please let me know. And Braden as well. We're closer than the scoreline suggests. I think they all relate to a very similar theme of we just need to get better at taking our chances. And I think that's just going to come with time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that last one from Braden in terms of the scoreline. Three-quarter time, I think we were down close to uh, four goals. It was really interesting watching it because from watching the game, it just looked like St Kilda just took their moments and took their chances when they got them. Whenever we had a half chance, we weren't able to, to quite convert. And it ends up being... 10 scoring shots to St Kilda and 11 scoring shots to Hawthorne, but St Kilda, alas, got the victory. Uh, Jazz and Carroll rapidly developing with Batesy's guidance from Stephen. Yeah, we've, we've got eyes. It's clear to see like, how much they're progressing and how quickly they are. Um, I'll give you a quick stat. Uh, this was taken a couple of weeks ago. Jazz ball disposal efficiency has improved from about 45% up towards about 65% from last season to this season. And that's just the presence of Bates, let alone the guidance as well. So just... Yeah, what else? What can you say? Like they're developing rapidly. They've they don't turn nineteen until November for Jazz and December for Carol. There's some special talent there. Absolutely, definitely, definitely great things to watch for us. And then the last one we had here, we need to read the play around us better. And the number of smothered kicks that the St Kilda team were able to have on the weekend was ridiculous. Yeah, need to follow up with Gemma Bastiani. That must be close to a record for smothers in a game from St Kilda. Absolutely. did seem like there was a huge amount from watching that game. So this now 
takes us to the end of our episode of The Bench. But before you go, if you haven't already liked us on our socials, jump onto Twitter and Instagram at HFC Soar or at Soaring to New Heights on Facebook. Yep, our next game is round seven, Sydney at Henson Park in Sydney, Saturday, 14 October, 3.05 p.m. Usual coverage of the game will be there. I'm actually going to be up there because I'm, as you know, I'm based in Canberra, so it's actually quite easy for me to get up to your hometown, Timmy. <laughs> um, any, any recommendations for some good spots? Let me know off mic, please. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, we're 60% of the way through the season already. So keep listening because we've got plenty of content coming about anything to do with women's footy in the brown and gold, including later this week. There'll be something, hopefully, I think on Friday morning dropping. Yeah, then, I want. I wonder if that. Uh, I wonder if that Liam is going to be bigger than Ben McAvoy's farm. Oh, that, that's a good hint, listeners. Um, I doubt that, but yep. So we are your because we are your one-stop shop for all things women's footy in the brown and gold. Stay tuned to us throughout the rest of the season, and then we won't be stopping over the off-season. The frequency will drop, but we'll still be here. Um, in terms of talking hawks, there's plenty of content coming there. Trade and draft coming out of everywhere content about the men the women you name it if it's about the broader Hawthorne football club there'll be content there and timmy have you got anything else before we call tonight uh i had a person liam on uh, on my socials and i won't say who it was but they would like to know because we're playing at the henson health hazard this week will you be going in a hazmat suit i know who this was because he sent that person sent me the same message oh no this is a different person okay um, no, I won't because I believe they've had renovations and trying to find a hazmat suit for six foot seven at short notice is no easy feat. There you go, Nolan Newman. Liam will not be wearing the uh, hazmat suit this weekend at Henson Park. So if you're looking for him, do not look for someone who looks like a gigantic beekeeper. This now brings us to... Anyway. That's it. This now brings us to the end of the bench. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, go the Hawks.